At Facebook, we've tripled our safety and security teams and invested billions to keep our platforms safe. What's next? We support updated internet regulations that set clear rules for addressing today's toughest challenges. Learn more at about.fb.com slash regulations. Good afternoon, good evening, North Swim, good morning, this Eagle Eyes on Tech, I am Eagle Falcon. We got a lot to talk about today, including Epic Games buying game studios now, and we have to talk about the fiasco that is the Sonic movie trailer. There's a lot going on there. But first, as any time there's any sort of new virus, any sort of new security breach or anything of that nature that's out there that requires your action that's how we're going to start we're going to start with what is being called the inception bar exploit the inception bar what it does is that normally when you are on your phone and As far as we're aware, this only exists currently on mobile Chrome. If you have any kind of web browser on your phone, you should be fine. But mobile Chrome, I mean, that encompasses, like, the majority of Android phones. What can happen is that normally when you're at the top of the page... You have your address bar. You then have an icon that says how many tabs you have, and you can just tap that, slide through your tabs, whatnot. Then you have your settings button. Then as you scroll down, your bar normally goes away. What some websites are doing, these websites, of course, having malicious intent, will, as you scroll down bring a fake address bar on top. You'll just be scrolling down and all of a sudden there'll be an address bar up there. If you see that, do not use it. Use your hard or software buttons, exit out of Chrome, force close Chrome, Open it back up and continue browsing. If you use this bar, what will end up happening is you'll you're going to be redirected. So say you go from there and you want to go log on on Facebook, which would be the other terrible decision you made today. You'd be taken to not Facebook, but it totally looks like Facebook, and you just put in your credentials, and well, it would bounce back saying you did it wrong. You put in your username and password wrong. In reality, you put it in right, but now they have your username and password. Now, for something like Facebook, this seems relatively minor. Relatively speaking, But let's say if you did this for your bank, for PayPal, 
for your email. See? Now things get dangerous. And of course, some people are using this exploit just to either put a fake pop-up up the moment you try to go anywhere else that says you're infected with infinity viruses and you need to hand over one of the infinity stones or your credit card, whichever occurs first, to unlock your phone when in reality your phone's not actually locked up. All you have to do is just close the pop-up window and do things like that. Or you are infected with virus, call number to fix. Please, okay, thanks, bye. The problem with this exploit is the fact that once this fake address bar shows up, it overlays itself over your normal address bar until you force close Chrome. And if you're not aware of what I just told you, it is very easy to for even a a, a tech veteran to fall for an attack like this. You're just scrolling through, up and up and up and up. Hey, look, I found a cool article. Up and up and up. All right, well, let's go, let's go over and check out to see what my best buddy is doing on Twitch. And then, bam, because you weren't paying close enough attention, and didn't realize that this attack occurred. So. Let me give some final thoughts on this before we then move on. No one I know has fallen victim for this. I I actually haven't even heard of this attack until this article just came out. But for whatever reason, I still underline, still hear from Mac fanboys that want to try and rub it in that because I'm a PC guy that, oh, they're great because they don't get viruses and PCs are terrible because they can get viruses. I want to point out this right here. The battlefield for malicious attacks, viruses, phishing, and whatnot... They're not on desktops anymore. It is very rare, honestly, for PCs to get viruses anymore. You've really got to go and really try to get infected nowadays. It's easier, of course, on a PC than it is on a Mac. But all the targets nowadays... It's the phone. And it's going to be the Android phones. Because there are far more of them. I would... I mean, this is going to be a statement that is going to tick off a lot of Apple fanboys. I would say you are more likely to get some kind of malicious attack on your iPhone than I am on Apple any of my PCs. And I'm not saying that as some sort of bragging right of, oh, PC got this. I'm saying that because mobile is 
the new battleground. And I'm not saying that as some sort of frickin' I'm touting normal classic PC play and whatnot. I'm saying that because it's the truth and you should be aware. And especially Android users should be aware. For the exact reason that Unjust Man in the chat said. Because Android phones have terrible update support. iPhone at least has that going for them. Their updates come like that. Bam, they're there. Android phones? The latest operating system can come out, and your phone might not see it for months later. Oh, there's been a huge vulnerability found, like this inception bar. Granted, fortunately, this vulnerability is on Chrome, which is much easier to patch. But let's say a vulnerability like this was found on the operating system level. Do you know when you'd get that security update? Up to three months after the patch was made. Because Android couldn't get its big boy pants on. And anytime they make an update, it's then got to go to the carrier to be approved. It has to be, go to the manufacturer to be to be approved. If the manufacturer made any tweaks to it because it's got to be compatible with their, their little flavor of Android, then it has to go back to the carrier to be approved. And then the carrier goes, nah, fam, that won't do for us. You got to go change this, that, and the other thing. And the, and the manufacturer goes, okay, fine, we'll go change this, that, and the other thing. Android is open source. That doesn't really change a whole lot, though. It doesn't change the fact that Apple, with their operating system, they went and put their pants on and said, carriers, this is how the update's going out. This is how it's staying. They streamlined the whole process to get those updates out sooner and keep iOS more secure. Android has yet to do that. And I admit, Google doesn't want to flex their muscles like Apple does, but this is the price we pay then. And if you're wondering what my point is with this rant was, there wasn't. So let's instead move on. So, on the topic of shifting gears radically, let's talk about Andro- or Android's AMD's 50th anniversary. Yeah, don't we feel old? 50 years of AMD existing. And how does AMD celebrate 50 years? They celebrate it better than Intel. Intel, when they had their 50th anniversary recently, or, no, it was a, no, what what was the anniversary? Was it, was it of Intel's 50th anniversary, or what was, uh, or was it the anniversary of one of the first Intel chips? 
I think it was of one of the industry changing chips that then until celebrate I digress. All Intel did was that they released a number with the same model number and it was basically just the top end i7 with a bit of a boost clock but still had like the same terrible thermal interface material that they were still using at the time and no special markings on it whatsoever. AMD at least released two gold editions of their products. The Ryzen 7 2700X got a gold edition in which the actual chip itself, the 8086, that's what it was. Oh man, that was almost killing me. Thank you, Unjust. All right, back on topic. The Ryzen 7 2700X Gold Edition, the Anniversary Edition, features the 2700X looking exactly the same, except it says 50th Anniversary Edition on it and has the CEO's signature engraved on the the, the heat spreader of the chip itself. thought I heard something weird there for a second. Um, if there was anything weird in the audio there, I, I apologize. Regardless. In addition, we also have a 50th anniversary gold edition of the Radeon 7, which is a graphic card that, quite frankly, could not disappoint me anymore. But at least this 50th anniversary of edition of the Radeon 7 does feature a nice, very nice, metallic red look to it. The Radeon 7 normally is just silver. The actual encasing of it is very boxy and is just silver with the Radeon logo on the side. This sports metallic red. It looks sweet. Like, no joke. I like the look of this card. I like this so much better than the quote-unquote clean silver look of the released Radeon 7. Like, this should have been what came with it in the first place. Both of these products come with World War Z and the Division 2 Gold Edition with a one-year season pass and an AMD 50 sticker signed by the AMD CEO with a coupon redeemed for any for, for a free AMD 50th anniversary t-shirt. You know what? This is how you actually celebrate an anniversary. I mean, what Intel did with the 8086 was just... Was just kind of, oh yeah, I guess it exists. Here you go, happy birthday. Here's a, here's a party popper and then blow into the blower. Meh. It, it felt like even less than just a nod. 
And it was just like, yay, this is happening. Uh, it, it was just like, why? This, at least, you get a lot out of it. And especially if you were in the market for either one of these two products in the first place, now is a great time to get it. First PC of Rabbit Amoeba in the, ch- in the chat was an 8088. I'm not going to lie. I don't remember what the first computer I played with was. I mean, I remember what it was, but I couldn't tell you what it was. I want to say it was an old IBM box. It could only display yellow and black. I want to say it was only MS-DOS. Um, it might have been a different terminal interface instead. I, I I remember just like playing Frogger on it. And that was about it. Man, that was crazy. Those were good times. You know what else was good times? Back in the day when Facebook was new. Unfortunately, we don't live in those times anymore. We live in a time when Facebook is nothing but a giant leak machine and just goes ahead and does everything in its power to sell our data as quickly as possible. But, you know, despite that, hey, we got five big announcements for you over at the Facebook F8 Developer Conference. So, what can we expect? Well, first off, Facebook is being redesigned around groups and events. Oh, boy. That that's that's what we want to focus on. Those Facebook groups that people totally join and pay attention to, and don't just join once to try and win that uh, that that Nintendo Switch that someone offered as a giveaway, and then you never got. But fortunately, with this, it means that they are going to be downplaying the use of the newsfeed, which is good because the Facebook newsfeed is gross. Like, let's be honest. If you've gone to Facebook recently, you closed it immediately because you looked at your newsfeed and it was full of things like, oh, hey, look, my best friend got a puppy. Neat. Politics, 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 kitten, politics, 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 anger, politics, 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 duck, memes, politics. It wasn't even like good news either. It was just awful. It's basically what digital garbage looks like. It just made you just go there and go, wow. Why the heck did I open this today? So, 
If it weren't for the fact that Facebook has shot themselves in the foot so much that anyone with a working brain wouldn't open up Facebook at all, this would be a good change. The only downside is it's still Facebook! Okay, let's move on. Instagram has new camera features. It was at this moment you just remembered that Facebook owns Instagram. Oh, no. But it's all right, because Facebook Messenger will focus on your close friends. Which, once again, I got to ask. It's a messenger app. Why is it focusing on anything? Isn't the sole purpose of a messenger app to just say, hey, I need to go contact Bob Bobberson today. Let me go contact Bob Bobberson, and then Bob Bobberson's going to get my message. Why is there a focus, period? I don't get it. The Oculus Rift S and Oculus Quest are arriving next month. Oh, God. Facebook owns the Oculus. Oh, oh. Oh, no. I I forgot all about that. Uh, but it's okay because Facebook wants to help you hook up with your crush too. What? Yeah, that that's what I need in my life. I need Facebook to be my wingman. Are you who asked for this? I, I want you to imagine this. Imagine you had a creepy uncle. Imagine you had a creepy uncle that couldn't keep his mouth shut. That that creepy uncle who smells of beer all the time. And whenever anyone asks him, he's just like, oh man, my my this guy right here, when he was young, he peed the bed. It just couldn't shut up, ever. Do you really want your creepy uncle, which I hope is fictional, at least the way I just described him anyway, do you really want that to be your wingman? No! Good lord, I think freaking using my Monokuma doll over on my dresser over there as my wingman has better chances than with Facebook. Good lord. And yes, Unjust, Facebook is stalking you while you're stalking your crush. In the end, that's all the F8 conference did. The F8 conference reminded us Facebook is always watching and Facebook owns a lot more than you think. (sighs) These are all important things to keep in mind. It is very, very important.
to just it's it's important to just remember what Facebook is all in charge of and then also remember the fact that Facebook is also in charge of so much more and how many times Facebook has failed to keep the overwhelming majority of their promises over and over and over and over and over again. (sighs) Let's shift gears radically again before I bring everyone into a depression on how much Facebook owns the world and how much they suck at doing what they do. So one big push in smartphones recently is trying to create gaming phones. And not just for the sake of just saying, this phone is made for gaming. Gaming gamer phone is gonna game gaming gamer harder than gaming gamer could game gamer gaming. The whole point is actually to have super powerful arm SOCs in there that are capable of playing games at respectable refresh rates. And, as much as I hate to say it, I did it again, and accidentally had, uh, and and accidentally showed my desktop. As much as we hate to say it, there are a ton of people in the mobile gaming space, and a ton of people who are playing this competitively, like actually seriously. I am both eager and afraid to meet these people. Because on one hand, you want to know what goes to their mind. What what made them... What made them think for a second, I want to go be competitive on my phone rather than anything with actual buttons you can feel. Oh, those buttons. Feels good, man. Those, those analog sticks feels good. But regardless, there has been a ton of cooling solutions for these high-powered phones. We've seen heat pipes to dissipate the heat through the screen. Some phones have even used vapor chambers, which are basically bigger, wider, flatter heat pipes that use liquid inside the pipe or the or the chamber to transfer heat to other piece, other sections of the copper, which then boil off, recondense, etc., etc., etc. All to avoid putting a moving part in a phone. Well, Nubia decided, you know what? We have to give in. We are going to put an active cooling solution in a phone. Yes, they went ahead and they put a normal, traditional heatsink with a fan into a smartphone. I don't know what to say. I, I, I really don't. I mean, it's not that weird considering the fact that the Switch, which is a gaming tablet, has an active fan in it. 
and it will probably be fine. But holy cow, are are you serious? You actually did this. You actually put an active cooling fan in a smartphone. The name of the phone is the Red Magic 3. And as far as we know, no, there is no easy way to get inside the phone to replace the fan when it dies. Oh boy. And see, that's that's the thing, though. You wouldn't think that is a big deal, but down the road, you eventually want to do that. Anything with a moving part will eventually fail. Just about every computer I've got here, it is super easy to get in there and replace a fan. And granted, I say that knowing full well I have professional workstations here, and not only can I replace a fan, I can replace a fan without any tools. Even on laptops, you eventually get in there And you can, in fact, replace the fans. So why do this on a phone when there's no way to get in? Because you'll replace the phone. And that's it, isn't it? That's the key. You're expected to replace the phone. More and more people can now, as long as they're not needing the latest and greatest performance to go play Fortnite on their phone, which, by the way, you have made a terrible life decision and you need to rethink a lot of things about your life. Yeah, I know. I'm judging you. I'm judging you for playing Fortnite on your phone. I'm doing that. I don't care. But they just figure, hey, you know, in two years, you'll get a replacement phone. Either because, A... You always will. Or B, because the fan dies. It's now yet another piece that's going to reduce the longevity of a phone that people are trying to get us to go back into the habit of replacing a phone every other year. Depressing notes aside... Let's talk about the Motorola Razor, because there is yet another leak of the Motorola Razor foldable phone out there with a triangular prism-shaped box and the phone right next to it. So, Samsung withdrew their launch of a folding phone, but Razor's going to launch one. And it's going to be smaller than the Fold. Be the old, traditional, small flip phone factor. And then unfold to be a normal sized phone. Honestly, that's what I was going to say. And also, coincidentally, just did. But there is something interesting from what leaked out. About the Razer phone. 
So when the fold folds up, it it folds up sharply. It puts a crease in the screen. In addition, there is also the empty space factors and all this and that and the other thing. The razor, on the other hand, it does not put a sharp crease in the screen. There is still a crease as far as I understand. But what it does is that inside the housing, there is space for the OLED screen to curl up rather than sharply fold and cause potential damage. This is one of the two factors that led to the fold being brought back to the drawing board. Now, is there something we're not seeing with the razor that could be a big deal? Now, unfortunately, we still don't have a price. The last rumored price tag was $1,500, which makes those of us who aren't trillionaires go, oh, 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 God, I feel ill. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. And to those who have the money to spend on this, you go do that. I'm not going to judge you too harshly, but I'm going to wonder, what could you have all gotten for $1,500? A lot. The answer is a lot. All right. I said earlier that I I always open up with breaches and any sort of exploits that you can do something about here's one that you can't do anything about though there's a mis- there's literally this is the whole headline and this is pretty much all there is to the story just take in this headline for a second Mysterious data breach reportedly exposes 80 million names, addresses, and income info in the United States of America. Okay, I lied. The actual headline does say U.S., but the the actual name of the country is United States of America. You, you, you need to have that A. It, it's It's... Kind of a big deal. In the United States, any any country that's made of states, you could say is United States. Oh wait, this whole thing, stu- this whole bit stupid. Yeah, let's just go back to the point that eighty million. Are you kidding me? Let's, we we just know there was a breach of eighty million, and we have basically no idea where or how. We just know the what. What? Are you kidding me? I, I, I don't know what else to say to this. And speaking of 
da- of data breaches. Um, Vodafone claims they found a hidden back doors in Huawei's equipment. And we aren't talking like phone equipment. We're talking about actual internet service provider equipment. It is believed that these back doors are used so that Huawei can access their own, their own equipment and skim data off. Reportedly then to send to China. Huawei claims that this is just normal maintenance ports. And more and more evidence suggests that Huawei is correct. That Vodafone is just being paranoid. It's kind of interesting that this story became a story at all. Like, I know those of you who are watching me live only see me have one article up. There were literally ten stories showing the progression of this story and how it went from Huawei's guilty to Huawei plays innocent to Huawei shows evidence they are innocent to Vodafone's credibility being being brought into question. And it just keeps going back and forth to just turn out this is all a big misunderstanding. And the only reason this thing is still even news is the fact that there's been proof in the past that Huawei cheats, steals, and spies. And lies. Literally the only reason why this is a story. All right, and a quick bit before we go to the break. The PlayStation 5 is rumored not to come out until May 2020. And actually, they're saying it won't launch before May 2020. Uh, Let's be honest. You know when the PlayStation 5 will launch, assuming that 2020 is the year? Late to mid-November. You want to know why? Because Sony's not stupid. When are you going to launch a console? The holiday season. It's the biggest no-brainer in the world. And that's assuming that the PlayStation 5 is even ready for a 2020 launch. There's a lot of factors that could limit that, like, say, oh, I don't know, games. Or the hardware they want to include in it. They want to include a generation of Ryzen that's not out yet, and a GPU architecture that's been delayed for two years. Seriously, before anyone starts dreaming of getting a PlayStation 5... How about the hardware exists for it? You know, assuming that the rumored hardware the PlayStation 5 is going to have is true. Alright. Last two stories before the before the break. I swear to God. The Valve Index is now real. What is the Valve Index? The Valve Index is a headset, a VR headset, fully made by Valve. Yeah, that's right. If you thought Valve decided they were just going to stick to Steam and that be it, oh, 
No, they're still at it again. They want to prove they can make hardware because they proved they could totally make hardware with Steam boxes that no one bought. With the Steam controller that only I bought and three other people. With the Steam link that people only bought when it was on sale for a buck. And many, many more examples. Actually, I think that's it. But they want to prove they can build hardware. Does anyone believe them for a second that this is going to be good? You know, maybe it will. I might not be giving them enough credit. Honestly, the hardware does look good, but then again, so do the other ones. But this will come with base stations. They already have controllers. The actual headset itself has some very good specs that I can't find to save my life right now. And I'm currently talking about very, very slowly, like this. So that pages will load while I go get the actual specs on it. Okay, here we go. The actual lens themselves are supposed to be 1440 by 1600 RGB LCDs that provide 50% more subpixels than OLED. So already better specs than most of the VR headsets. But of course, as the chat's already pointing out, there is a downside to this. Higher frame rates, 120 hertz, as well as experimental 144 hertz. But... But, but, the whole thing, if you want the whole set, starts at a thousand dollars. One thousand dollars. That includes the headset, the controllers, and the base stations. If you already have compatible base stations, yes, there are compatible base stations. No, I am not smart enough to tell you exactly which base stations they are. Apparently, they're the base stations that are compatible with the Vive Pro. I don't know what the actual term for that is. I am not a VR nut. I am sorry. But if you already have those base stations, you can get just the headset and the controllers for $750. However, unless my math is wrong, um, oh wait, no, the $150 base station is just a base station that makes it compatible with the Vive Pro base stations, or something. But here's the part I love, okay? Okay. The system requirements on this, you need Windows 10, Linux, or SteamOS. Quick, 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 hands in the air for all the people who use SteamOS. If you use SteamOS, raise your hand. No one? No one? No, no, you, you in the back there, get your hand down. You know you're lying. You know you have a nor- you have a normal computer that you have 
that you've that you that you just installed SteamOS on that one computer that one time and then never fired up again. Yeah, SteamOS. I, I believe people are using SteamOS. I'm kind of surprised Valve even acknowledged SteamOS still exists. But I, I digress. You need 8 gigabytes of RAM or more. I would recommend more. And NVIDIA GeForce GTX 970 or RX 480 Plus. Uh, for the record, the RX 480 uh, performs about the same as a GTX 960. So there's already a hilarious, in, there's an inconsistency here in performance. USB 3.0, which is required for the cameras, for the headset cameras. And this is the part I actually legitimately don't believe. The CPU has to be a dual core with hyper threading or better. Really? Are you sure about that? Any dual core with hyper threading or better? All right, let me go get my Pentium D Black Edition and hook that up. That's a dual core with hyper threading. There's no way it's going to work, by the way. No way. For crying out loud, that's your best? That's the best way you can say what kind of CPU you can use? Just say Core i3 or better. You can do it. I believe in you. I believe in you. Alright, we're going to take a quick breather break here when we come back. We need to talk about Epic Games Buying Studios. And like I said, the Sonic movie trailer will be back. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. So, we have a new little prediction from analysts reports are saying that over 20 million pc gamers are expected to switch from pc to consoles between 2018 and 2022 Now, to most PC gamers, this seems dumb. This seems mind-blowingly dumb for PC gamers to switch to consoles. But I think there might be more to this than you think. It's very easy to just say, for crying out loud, I can get more on my PC than anyone on a console can. And it's true. I've got a PC here with just parts I've with just parts I've had lying around and 
a two hundred dollar investment on a good used workstation can game better than an Xbox One. Straight up. When you know what you're doing, it's very easy to get into PC gaming on the cheap. But not everyone is a crazy lunatic like me who memorizes CAD-grade workstation models and knows, hey, I can pick up that HP Z440 for a couple hundred bucks, slap a GTX... 970 in there and be pretty good to go and be happy forever. You look at the cost of PC gaming right now. And always the high the rap that PC gaming has had is that there is a high cost of entry. And now it's even higher. Between the Bitcoin mining, cranking up GPU prices so high that it made everyone go, uh, what? To RTX then coming out and going, bam, 1200 bucks for a GPU. It's intimidating. Even to just go to mid-range platform. Three, four hundred bucks. For what's considered mid-range now. That used to be top end. And that's just one part. And I would argue the most essential part. Yeah, there's competition in the CPU space. Yeah, RAM prices are slowly going back down. And storage? Oh my lord. Storage has been a boom. It's been nuts how how crazy cheap SSDs are. We're finally now getting to the point where SSDs are as cheap a solution in a lot of cases as a conventional rotating hard drive. You asked me if we'd ever reached that point a couple years ago, I'd laugh at you and say, there's no way. We're close to that point now. And I don't want to blame one company for all this, but I, I, I don't know how you look at it any other way. NVIDIA charging the hilariously high prices they are for what's considered mid-range GPUs, mid-to-high range, is killing the attractive aspects of PC gaming. You're looking at a thousand or two for a good, respectable gaming PC. Unless he starts doing some really crazy stuff and go onto the used market and whatnot. 
And then you look at consoles like the PS4 Pro or the Xbox One X. And for half that, you can get 4K gaming. Is it good 4K gaming? No. But it's still 4K gaming. And if I can do 4K gaming, heck, doing 1080p gaming that your TV can actually handle, well, that's a piece of cake. But there's more to it than that, in my opinion, that can contribute to this analysis. It's the fact that PC ports, as of recently, have been terrible. And I have no idea what the excuse is recently for these terrible ports. It's one thing. For a port to PC from an Xbox 360 or a PlayStation 3 to be terrible. Because, of course, it's a different animal under the hood. I don't know what the excuse is to go from an Xbox One to a PC and have a performance drop of over 40%. When in the end, it's the same blasted hardware inside the Xbox One as you can have in a PC. And don't even start to tell me it's the operating system. Because in the end, that Xbox One Uses, I can't remember the name of the actual architecture now. Ah, oh, god dang it. The freaking architecture that uh, AMD uses. Not the architecture, the... God. This is going to drive me nuts now. But regardless, the actual software archite- architecture that a- AMD uses. They use the exact same one on PC as well. Game developers, just for whatever reason, are focusing more on the console rather than making a good game that works on all platforms. And that also is hurting gaming PCs as a whole. So yeah, you you can laugh at the concept of 20 million PC gamers switching from their PCs to gaming, to freaking consoles, but I could see it. Maybe not 20 million, but I can imagine there being a migration because this is hard to justify. Because in the end, in order to play a modern game, your CPU might not need to be upgraded your storage might not need to be upgraded. Your power supply not, might not even need to be upgraded. Your GPU will. And GPUs right now, their base price is so high. It is killing us. 
And then the compatibility to boot, the fact that you need to go grab an RTX 2070 to do what used could what used to be able to be done with a 1060 just because the console port itself is so bad. It's awful. And yeah, cards like the 1660 aren't too terribly priced. But they aren't going to cut it. Think about this for a second. If the rumors are true that the PlayStation 5 will have real-time ray tracing, and in order to get that on your desktop, you've got to shell out $400, what are you going to do? Shell out $400 and hope that everything works in your PC properly to go do it? Or get a PS5 and have the stability of the PlayStation. It's a real problem. Hopefully, though, in a couple of years, we'll be back here and everyone will go, Hey, Eagle, all your concerns were wrong. And PC gaming is back up and running and all our parts are cheap again. And you know what? I'll look back in the co- in the camera and say, okay, I was wrong. Oh, darn. Everything's better than I predicted. Darn. <laughs> I would love to be wrong on, th- on that part. I'm not going to lie. I would not mind being wrong. And have parts actually be cheap again. Alright, and a quick side note. Let's talk Google. Google will soon let you delete all data, all activity and location data that they might have on you. After they hold on to it for either three months or nine months. On one hand, this feature sounds super useful. I would like Google to not know certain secrets about me. That'd be great. I'd I'd rather them not know about um, my trips to sketch areas of the neighborhood that may or may not have a strip club. I'd love them to not know about that. That'd be great. Actually, real talk, I've never been to a strip. I've been to a strip club once on my 21st. And that was it. All right, now that we got that out of the way. On the other hand, this story reminds you, oh, God... Google stores that data, don't they? Oh. And I mean, I trust Google more than I do Facebook, but how can I trust Google to actually delete the data? And by and by them saying, oh yeah, we'll totally auto-delete your data. And by delete, I mean move it to a different data center. Huh. That's, uh, concerning. Google is also going to be creating a a phone system they call CallJoy. Which... will be a automated 
AI that will be able to answer simple questions for small bus- for users calling small business owners and help eliminate a whole bunch of basic calls so that they don't have to have a receptionist repeat over and over again what their business hours are and things like that. You know, I'm going to go print this story off and just put it under the Google is becoming Skynet folder so that when Google sends out the uh, the Terminators and whatnot and takes over the world, I can at least parade around in my torn shirt acting crazy, waving my folder around going, I called it! I totally called it! Look how smart I am! We're all doomed! Yay! At least I'll have that folder while sounding like an idiot. You know, I make an executive decision to just kind of gloss over the Apex Legends band's 770,000 cheaters. Well, actually, it's 300,000 accounts and also banned 4,000 accounts that were selling cheats. People just really want to cheat on games. Another quick story to gloss over. Windows 10, in an effort to prevent the colossal failure that was the October update, now requires a minimum of 32 gigs of storage space. Wow, that uh, that, that 128 gig boot drive you bought... Uh, you bought a couple years ago. That's that's feeling smaller and smaller now, isn't it? <laughs> you know, now might not be a bad time to um, downgrade your morning coffee and set aside that that those few dollars a day off into a fund for a new bigger boot drive. Because as we mentioned earlier. Solid state storage is actually hilariously cheap right now, and you know, getting a 512 gig SSD for uh, for 60, 70 bucks in a couple of months doesn't sound like the worst idea in the world. Okay, I've been teasing this all day. Let's talk about it. Epic Games acquires the developer Psionics. Who is Psionics? Psionics is the developer that has created Rocket League. So you might think, huh, that's uh, that's kind of weird. Why would uh why would Epic Games want uh Rocket League? And as you're asking that question, you then find out that Epic says, We have full intention on supporting Rocket League on Steam for the time being. And just like that, your eyes widen. 
and you start to drip with sweat as you realize, oh no. Is Epic's plan now to just use their colossal amount of Fortnite bucks to go buy developers until every game is on the Epic Game Store? And that's an interesting question, isn't it? We had last week Epic Games coyly say, hey, you know, Steam, if you go ahead and reduce the amount you charge developers, we'll totally stop having game exclusives. And of course... Me being me, I I went and publicly said, you know what, prove it. Do it. Stop stop having game exclusives. You won't. Because let's be honest here, the, the end game for Epic, it's not about creating a better place for developers. It's not about creating a better environment for game developers. It's not, straight up. Epic's purpose, no matter how you sh- how you look at it, is to make money. They are a business. Businesses have to make money. It's not about greed. It's about that's what they do. They have employees, they have to pay their employees, and also maintain the company. They do so by providing a service. Epic Games service is to create Fortnite, which is so popular popular, it's sickening. And to create a game store that is on one hand trying to shake up the industry and on the other hand trying to shake it up so hard it pisses everyone off. So I have questions about this. Is Epic trying to become EA? That's kind of what this is starting to feel like. I mean, EA's endgame was always to get developers who make great games and then kind of push them to keep making games so they can keep publishing games and end up pushing the developers so hard they end up sucking. I mean, that's been EA's end goal. Epic here, I mean, they they try to put on this front of being helpful with better margins for developers that are on their store, but now they're owning developers. And they're not afraid in taking part in anti-competitive behavior while still trying to preach being competitive. Like, no matter how you slice this, 
That's how this looks. They are being competitive while being anti-competitive. They, they preach being competitive while actively being anti-competitive. I want you to remember that if there's anything you take away from this rant about Epic Games. Actions always speak louder than words. And yeah, they put action behind the part where they want to be competitive. Developers make more on the Epic Games Store. On the other hand, they're also using the Epic Games Store to skim data. That's not rumor, that is a fact. At the same time, while preaching to be competitive, they are being anti-competitive by having game developers sign contracts to keep their game exclusive and only be available on their platform for a certain amount of time. That is actively anti-competitive. And it is actively making people want to avoid the Epic Game Store. In fact, this also isn't helping the whole PC gamer switching to console. Because I'll tell you right now, like, Borderlands 3, which is an Epic Game Store exclusive, I'm not getting it day one. I might get it on my PlayStation so I can at least play it day one. But I'm not going to get it on my PC, which is going to be a shame because that's where I've gotten all my other Borderlands games. At least not until it's available on something other than Epic. Because I don't want to install the Epic Game Store on my PC, period. Because it does, in fact, skim data. Alright, let's get to the last bits of, sto- of stories, and then we got the Sonic store. We got the Sonic game, or the, the Sonic movie trailer, right before we get to the last burb. All right, there is a streaming service that wants to provide emulated retro games available for streaming legitimately. This is actually a big deal. In the casual retro gaming space. I'm not going to call this. I'm not going to talk about the serious retro space. Because the serious retro space will actually go out. And actually get. An original Nintendo console. And even go so far as to. Get modifiers to it. So that it outputs a better image. Than it's normally capable of. And then go get a good upscaler like an OSSC or a Framemeister to then capture that footage. Like, we're not talking about those guys. Because those guys will, will, will shake their head and frown upon what this service wants to do. Because this service wants to legally emulate retro games. And to a degree, there is something nice in that. Because not everyone's going to want and go and go out to hunt down an old SNES or an old Genesis or anything like that. 
The average person doesn't want to do that. Only someone on the enthusiast level would go do that. That or a streamer. Which I guess is also the enthusiast level. But I digress. But the problem with going with emulation is there is a huge legal hurdle. With this, there would not be. This streaming service wants to be able to legally stream this and is going out and actually trying to collect the licenses for this service. And, you know, I say that's great. The name of this service, though, do, 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 do. I am trying to find it. This article doesn't actually. Here we go. AntStream is the name of the service. Now, unfortunately, AntStream is having very difficult time trying to get the Nintendo licenses, and I imagine they will probably never get it because when push comes to shove, Nintendo would rather play the game of selling classic consoles and also have it available in their Nintendo shop. Which, by the way, if we can talk about the Nintendo shop for a minute, I am... I'm a little annoyed with the Switch Nintendo Shop because it seems to, like, swap out games at times. Like, sometimes there's just new games available, which is great. Other times, just like, wait a minute, where'd this go? I don't know if that's actually a feature of it or if I'm just crazy. I might just be crazy. But regardless, I wish Ant streaming all the luck in the world. Now, back at CES, we talked about the Anki robot. These were cute little programmable robots that let you go code lines of code for them. And it was, it was a cute little toy for kids who want to get into programming. Unfortunately, Anki is shutting down. And their cute little tank tread bulldozer robots that were really adorable in their own way. They are, they're going away. Rest in peace, Anki. Never forgetty, rip in spaghetti. YouTube! They're, the YouTube Red Premium shows are now going to be finally available for anyone to view with ads. I talked uh, briefly about this on the early bird briefing, but um, I'll, I'll I'll just say something even shorter here. Yeah, no, no crud. This is what YouTube Red should have been in the first place. The fact that YouTube wanted to say they had original content and that they could totally be Netflix was just absurd. YouTube is YouTube. Netflix is what it is because they go and get content from professional content creators. And I don't mean influencers and whatnot. I actually mean like actual studios. Actual television show makers. YouTube got its goings by just saying, hey... Your random Joe number 43 at home and you want to go rant about how adorable your cat is, make a video and upload it here. 
YouTube just continues to forget about the word you. We say YouTube over and over and over again. It just sounds like a word. It just sounds like sounds. We forget that YouTube is two words. You, as in you and me, normal everyday people, and tube, slang for television. That's where its roots started. And honestly, that's where its roots should be, despite the fact that the people who now make up you can actually go out and very easily get high-quality analog XLR mics, mixers, and really good cameras on the cheap with, with their own great studio lighting, green screens, and whatever the heck they'd want. Relatively cheap because now is we live in a very unique time. And just about anyone can make very good production uh, production videos. Anyone can. Just because people can do that and people have made a job doing this does not change the fact that very few people are going to go to YouTube for Hollywood content. I say that though... Fully acknowledging that I totally did rent Infinity Wars on YouTube the morning that I'm recording this because I'm going to a birthday party later where we go see Avengers Endgame and I totally wanted to be caught up. And All right, let's move on. Let's move on now that I completely lost my point. Jaguar and Land Rover have a new program whereby running tracking programs, you can earn cryptocurrency for driving their cars. What? What the heck does this say about the day and age we live in? And yes, this was dangerously close to being the last Burb story. Because this is just absolutely bizarre. That you can go ahead and drive a Jaguar car. I don't know if you actually have to pay for the car or not. But by driving it, you too earn a cryptocurrency for driving by allowing... Jaguar to mine data off the car to be used for traffic information. You're probably like me right now. You have no idea what to say to this. And you're right. I have no idea what to say to this either. So let's get to the story that that people are going to have opinions about. This is the story many of you stuck around for the whole time. Sonic the Hedgehog. The Sonic the Hedgehog movie trailer was released this week. This past week, I should say. 
And uh, it's it's a very interesting trailer. And it's drawn a lot of emotions. Many people say the whole movie looks bad. Some people say parts of it look look good. Others say that uh, Jim Carrey as Robotnik could be a very interesting tale since it looks like he's going from a very sophisticated scientist to the mad lunatic that is Dr. Robotnik that we know in the video games. But the one thing that everyone agrees on The CGI Sonic looks awful. Oh, McGurd. It is horrifying how much of Sonic they got wrong. The nose is too big. The eyes are too small. The eyes are not conjointed. His body is too big. His arms are too thick. He has no gloves. He instead has white fur. It looks like he has baby hands. It looks like he has human teeth, which looks horrifying on a on a creature that is normally only seen as a cartoon. It looks like a nightmare. And I went on the record, both on the early bird briefing and on a vlog I uploaded to YouTube, as saying... I think the design was intentional. My reasoning at the time was that this terrible cringe factor was done intentional to get us all to talk about and to go see it, to have that horrible movie vibe to it, that we're all going to want to go see it like a lot of people wanted to go see The Room because it just looks that bad. And then I was proven wrong... The next day, when the director and the studio said, we hear your criticism loud and clear, we are going back to the drawing board and redesigning Sonic. The internet then was split. The majority of people praised this. They praised it and passed themselves on the back as saying, we caused a change for the better. And a chunk of other people went, this is awful. These animators are going to have to go back to the drawing board. They're going to have to work overtime. They're going to have to work hard and fast to go redo what they spent so much time on. I am going to say something that is incredibly controversial. I think the people in the latter camp are ignorant. The fact that the studio is going to give these CGI artists a second chance at creating Sonic is a blessing to them. For two reasons. Well, one big reason, really. Hollywood is not about the money. The money, of course, is a big factor, but it's not the biggest. Reputation is what matters so much more in movie making. Because anytime these animators want a job, 
they're going to have to go up and people are going to look them up when they're doing their background search and see Bob Bobberson went and made the Sonic the Hedgehog that went to the financial bomb that was the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. That is a much bigger deal. You have to remember these these animators, they aren't just like always employed by the studio. They hop from job to job to job to job to job. They're assigned to different projects. Oh no, we're gonna, they're going to have to get overworked and get paid no overtime. And first off, you don't know they're not going to make any overtime. You actually, no one actually knows what the what they're going to be paid. They might get a huge check out, out of the developers who don't who are going to pour more money into the project to make sure that's not a complete failure, to make sure they get some money back out of it. Or it could be the worst case scenario. Maybe they don't see any extra money that they just say, hey, you know, you got paid your salary already. Now just get back to the work and make sure this doesn't fail. It could go either way. But again, that is nothing compared to the reputation. No one knows what Sonic's going to look like when the redesign is done. I think the re- I think doing the redesign is going to be much easier than a lot of people think. Cuz more than likely they have several models. Cuz whenever they do these sort of things just like we want to go with either this model, that model or the other model, they usually have multiple different options. They don't just say this is Sonic. Done. They could very easily already have the model in place. The other thing is that it should, in theory, and I say in theory because I don't know what software they're using, it shouldn't be too hard to swap the model but still have all the programming for what that model does for each scene still programmed in. And it shouldn't be too difficult, again, in theory, to swap a better-looking model. There are risks when doing that, In the fact that, you know, let's say gloves, for example. If the Sonic has gloves and there's a shot where, say, a buzzsaw comes close to his hand, well, with a thicker glove, the buzzsaw could clip through his hand and that wouldn't look good. So that entire area would have to be redone. To put this in short, I'm in the camp that is glad this is happening. I think regardless of whether you're in the camp that is glad this is happening or or thinks this is bad for the animators, in the end, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, whether it ends up good or bad, will go down in history as the first movie ever that after it went public with its trailer... And after setting a release date, went back and said, we're going to change a major aspect of our movie because the public 
thought it looked bad. That's unheard of. And that's going to be a bigger point than the end product. All right. Now that I've scared away everyone who feels bad for the for the for the animators by calling them ignorant, let's move on instead to the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the day. How could anything be weirder than cryptocurrency generating cars? I've got one for you, believe it or not. Microsoft has developed a VR controller that brings an aspect into virtual reality that no one has ever been capable of before. Touch. Microsoft researchers have developed a controller that lets you feel the sensation of, and I quote, squeezing a squishy ball. Yes, because everyone wants to feel the sensation of squeezing a stress ball in VR. Totally just going to be used for stress balls. There are no other soft yet firm spherical objects that people would view in VR that they'd want to feel. No, there's no such thing as that. And yes, it can change the firmness of said, quote, squishy balls that you would feel in VR. Do we even need to say any more? Oh, yep, squishy balls. That that's that's the thing that 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 users of VR chat definitely want to feel. Just just balls, just balls. There, there's nothing weird about this. Don't make this weird. Don't make this weird. That's going to do it for me, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of the of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Make sure to also check out the Early Bird Briefing, our weekly quick three-minute rapid-fire podcast, which airs every day on YouTube. On, I'm sorry, on, um, on Google, on iTunes, on iHeartRadio, or wherever you found this particular podcast. And also make sure to touch on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash eaglefalcon. Take care, and have a great day.
Okay, for crying out loud, how perverted are these people over at Microsoft? For crying out loud, you know why they made this. You know the only reason they made this <laughs> was for lewdness in VR. <laughs> I mean, come on. Squeezing stress balls and other such squishy spherical objects. Give me a break. Come on. <laughs> You're not fooling us, Microsoft. You got perverts in development.